Welcome back to another episode of Spirit Ninja's Spiritual AF Podcast. What's going on, you beautiful people in the podcast world? Today, we have a lovely couple guests, Lola and Tigre from Wild Playground. <laughs> it's amazing. But uh, these two are fucking beauties. Oh my God. We had such an incredible time connecting with them and learning from them and just... Yeah, they're yeah, they're so, shamanic healers mm. and they have so many amazing things to say about shamanism and plant medicines and just this whole journey called life mm -hmm. because, you know, life, it's... Sometimes life happens. Life's and a trip. Yeah, you think you're going one way, then you end up another way. And what do you do when you hit up against walls? How do you get back into alignment and I'm so happy that we had this conversation because I'm dealing with similar things in my own life. And this conversation really resonated. The perfect timing, of course. So chances are, if you're listening to it, it is a good chance that you need to be listening to this conversation. So stay tuned after the little jingle. Hey, you just turned into the Spirit Ninja's Spiritual as Podcast. The show that aims to inspire, uplift, and questions everything. And now your hosts, Bart Rigel and Holly Emerson. Well, we are so excited that you both are joining us today. Yeah, I'm stoked. Lola, Tigre, thank you so much for being here. This is amazing. We are happy to be here. Thank you for having us, especially <laughs> given the time difference. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. We, we made it work. We made it work. It's yeah. just after six today. Yeah. Nice. That's awesome. so perfect. Beautiful. <laughs> So if you guys can maybe give us a little bit of background about who you are, what you do, how you got to doing what you're doing. Ah, uh, <laughs> how, how do we encompass it? So the way oh I got into all of this was initially as a graphic designer, I just loved digital tools and making things and teaching myself. Studied architecture at Princeton University and went down the graphic design route, realized this is cool and all, but I feel like I'm wasting away at my computer. And I stumbled across a modality of natural construction, which then led me to this cool world world and word called permaculture. And then from there, I decided to go, oh, I'm going to go to South America. And then I tripped over San Pedro and ayahuasca, which are two visionary medicines from the Andes and Incan traditions. And from there, I got a lot of clarity as to who I needed to be as a man for myself first and foremost, and then who I wanted to call in as my next wife, because I already went through a practice <laughs> marriage. So had that entire experience with an open marriage thrown in between all that and realized that our story as how our love unfolded and also what we're interested in and passionate about, which is healing, using shamanic tools, we just realized that our story had such juice and vitality to it that it was really helpful for a lot of the people we talked to and so we said let's put our efforts together yeah and for me i escaped a practice marriage as well and basically dismantled the entire life i had built throughout my 20s and early 30s and realized that this deep sense of discontent was not going to be fixed by my job my my body my childlessness or motherhood that there was something else deeply um, misaligned in my life. And so I started to realign myself. And that process was really uncomfortable, meant I had to ask a lot of really uh, hard questions. And that ultimately led to the dissolution of my first marriage. And as that process happened, I too found shamanism and started to feel my intuitive capacity come back as I shed these kind of non-resident identities. And I could see animal spirits in people. I could, all these like gifts that I have started to wake back up. And that's when I met Tigre. And I met Tigre at a time where I wasn't intending to, to meet someone or to have this, you know, huge life shift. And yet the universe is like, well, surprise, I have other plans for you. <laughs> ba ba boom. And so. And I was never going to get married again. Right. I of mean, course. we like say never, never say never. Um, and so I I went to Peru to visit him, and the medicine path there opened wide for me. And so as I experienced some of those plant medicines, I remembered who I am, and I stepped into 
this world that we've now been um, working in actively for about six years. And it's been wonderful to be able to integrate that shamanic reality and working with herbs and, and all kinds of medicines to help facilitate healing for ourselves and for our clients. And um, it's definitely a far-flung cry from my corporate job, which was at a sunless tanning company uh, where they spray tan people <laughs> to be anything but authentic, right? And I was in this in the marketing <laughs> department, so I was selling this idea of you're not good enough. And that was one of those oh. things that was killing my soul. And now I look back and think, well, man, I, I wouldn't have predicted, um, you know, seven years from that point that I'd be here doing this. And I'm so grateful. Wow. <laughs> so that's a nutshell. In unison. I love it. <laughs> yes, you guys. Yes. High five. Yeah. <laughs> so how the hell did you do it? Like that, the entire process just sounds so uncomfortable to leave, you know, the people that you were with, your lives that you've built. How the hell did you do it? We went crazy for a bit, I think. I mean, that was, I look back on those times and I think, I mean, I don't know if I would have the capacity to do that right now. But, you know, when when life shows up and gives you something, we do have it in us to deal with that thing. And so you can look back and go, I don't know how I did that. But in mm-hmm. the moment, you have the resources because you're in it. You don't have any other option. It's like childbirth. Like this baby is coming out. It might hurt. It might be uncomfortable, but you can't go backwards and unpregnant yourself. <laughs> so <laughs> you really have to just do it. And so that's really how it happened for me, at least. I'm not going to speak for T. Gray, but for me, it's just I had no other choice at that point. Things were so misaligned and uncomfortable anyway that it was like choosing discomfort of lack of truth or the discomfort of truth. And I'm going to go for the discomfort of truth because I've already done that thing for a couple decades and that sucked. So let's see what this is about. I totally hear yeah. you. <laughs> I mean, for me, the I, I've always been an experimenter of just the human experience in life. And I've, I'm not, you know, I, that might be the masculine archetype in me of, oh, death. Hey, let's go play racquetball together <laughs> and see who wins. <laughs> and... So that that's always been a, a undercurrent in my exploration as a human, and so to go to South America on a bicycle with not much of a plan other than trust in the flow and trust in that humanity is at its core kind and good if you can do that as well and have some street smarts, yeah. um, and always just trying to push the envelope. I, I I woke up after September 11th. I was an editorial cartoonist, and I drew a cartoon for September 11th that day just expressing my remorse and just loss of innocence and it was literally that was my cartoon submitted it to the Daily Princetonian and they said oh no it's too sensitive to talk about this right now and I went but yeah. but it's happening it's news it's happening it's editorial mm-hmm. cartoons I mean it's what's shaped a lot of dialogue throughout history and what and so I went down this rabbit hole of like who's controlling the messaging of experience in our world and I just I realized even though I was at Princeton University, even though I was uh, get doing it well, I realized I didn't know mostly jack squat. So I had the courage to say, well, there's so much more to life, and I want to trust that there's that it will be okay to learn that. So that's what helped me get through some of the more like, why am I doing this? <laughs> <laughs> wow. I love it. Mm-hmm. And like, good for you guys for having the courage to step up and, and do that. Like, that's not an easy thing. Mm-mm. For for most people, it's so much more comfortable to just stick through what you know versus what you don't. Yeah. Yeah. Even if that sucks. Yeah. For sure. It's and familiar. it's not to say that, you know, we just all of a sudden we're like, hey. Fuck this. Sh- yeah. And <laughs> shamanic healing is, is going to be everything. And it it's a blend of doing things that are still our old pastimes at times where – we use our own branding for all of our own digital products that we create and physical products, yeah. but we also do some of that for mentoring clients and making ends meet. So, you know, there, there's definitely been a dance of going back and saying, all right, I need to put on my graphic designer hat again, my web design hat. And not judge myself. And not about judge that. myself and, and see it as the art form that it can be. Mm-hmm. And it can be challenging because part of you and we discussed this a little bit before we started where oh I should be this I 
at this stage of my life, other people are doing this, their success, da da da. Mm -hmm. So navigating that is tough when the ego wants to be in control. So annoying. Yeah. <laughs> so annoying. annoying. Yeah. So annoying. But when you have a, a business and a brand called Wild Playground, there's a lot of freedom in that. Mm -hmm. And I think that's one of the reasons why that resonated to be part of our creation was that we really can turn this playground into whatever is going to be a playground for us in that moment and for our clients because they're always growing with us. Mm -hmm. So, you know, that's what we always talk to our clients who are developing business ideas and things like that is that you want to create something that's going to be able to evolve with you. And if you're resonating with us, it's probably because you're also a rapid fire, evolutionary, hungry for growth type of person. So don't lock yourself into something that in six months, three months, two days is going to feel like an outgrown suit, you know? So we've been blessed with that foresight to say, okay, let's build something that's flexible with us and that really can encompass a lot of different things because we're complex and we're multi-passionate and we have a lot of different talents and we need to be able to weave those together in ways that support us and create something that helps us do that. Mm -hmm. mm, I love that. I love how you talk about being flexible. And I do love the name Wild Playground because, yeah, you know, you <laughs> never know how life is going to shift and evolve and no. what you might want to add into your offerings or maybe subtract from your offerings. So you have mm -hmm. to be flexible. Yeah. Yeah, you I do. And as healers, we see that, you know, it's like the more rigid you are in your life or the more tied you are into dogma or expectations or your beliefs the less, the, the more ability you are to, to break, you know, mm -hmm. like the, the closer you are to breaking mm -hmm. and, and then you're disappointed and frustrated and judging yourself and raking yourself over the coals. Whereas if you're flexible and open, then so much more is possible. You're like that willow tree in the wind, you know, totally. versus something that's just going to blow down with a storm. Totally. I love that. That's such a great analogy. We're, we've been talking a lot about that lately, too, is like the ability to be flexible. You know, it's like you have certain expectations and certain ideas or certain visions of things. But then, you know, like you guys just said, well, the universe just decided to introduce you to when you guys <laughs> didn't want that to happen or didn't want a life partner yeah. or marriage or I'm just like, oh, really? <laughs> Yeah, that's so funny. <laughs> Here's a family. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. You're welcome. Yeah, so yeah, it's welcome. amazing. Exactly. It's an amazing skill that you guys have both, it's, it sounds like you've mastered, you know, that ability mm -hmm. to be flexible and bend like the willow tree and flow like the river. And it's, it's Yeah, M mastered yeah. is a tough word, but <laughs> I think we're practicing it. You yeah. Know, like we're devoted to returning to that place because I think we all have these moments where we're like, but I wanted it to be this way and I wanted this to work and why and isn't this working? And I keep like throwing the papers hitting, off the desk. <laughs> yeah, something. like I, I'm hitting my head against this wall because I want this wall to go away. And it's like, oh, yeah, that's right. I need to acknowledge the wall and I probably just need to like turn around and look at, oh, there's a window. You know? yeah. <laughs> You're literally speaking to me right now. Like. <laughs> It's like, holy crap, she knows everything. <laughs> She's in my head. In my we are shamans after all. <laughs> I've been like running into this damn wall for weeks, months. <laughs> hey, babe, there's like a doorway is. right beside it. You yeah. just walk around it. <laughs> I had a dream like that. I really did. I'll tell you my dream. Maybe it'll help. So I had this dream right before I went to Peru for the first time to do the plant medicine work and see if Tigre was even like a thing. I was like, are we even going to like each other anymore? I don't know, but let's go find out in Peru for three weeks. Um, <laughs> and so I had this this dream, and the difference between a soul dream and just a, an everyday kind of the unconscious gobbledygook dream is that you remember it forever. It's like it's marked in your mind, and you can call up every detail, and it has like a, a story to it, and it makes sense. And so this dream was a soul dream for sure. And part of the dream was this volcano erupting. I was at an airport and I needed to leave because it was dangerous. And there was this little tiny plane on the tarmac and I could see it. And everybody was in chaos at this airport. And I thought, I'm going to run down to the tarmac and I'm going to get in that plane. That's my ride. So I run down there. I get in the plane. There's this little Peruvian shamanic guy at the, the helm of the plane and I sit in the plane and we take off and we're taking off over this like erupting volcano and it's just like wild chaos below. 
And then the shaman looks at me and smiles and like throws a bunch of stuff on the floor of the the plane and the cockpit and like is like I have to go look for this now and like bends down to go organize the stuff he just purposefully threw on the floor <laughs> meaning that I have to take the helm of the plane so I have to be the one to fly the plane so I'm like I don't know how to fly this plane okay so I'm trying to fly this plane and as I look down from seeing what the hell this guy's doing I look up and we're flying through a hallway and the hallway has one little tiny, like, normal-sized door at the end, and we're flying right for it. And I'm like, we're going to crash, we're going to crash, we're going to crash. I can't fit through that door. It's not even open. What the hell are we going to do? And I hear this voice that says, look to your right. And I look to the right, and there was no wall, and it was this, like, beautiful landscape. <laughs> and I was like, oh. And I just turned the plane, and we flew, and it was fine, and, like, the dream went on from there. It was... <laughs> pretty strong <laughs> turn that into a movie yeah <laughs> that's a great dream. with arnold schwarzenegger <laughs> yeah. as the shaman yeah <laughs> but it was really i mean it's so powerful like this. you're the one who's in charge of your own plane you don't get to give your power away to someone who even maybe looks like a shaman totally. maybe they're gonna let you down yeah what do you have the resources and the confidence to do that and then do you listen to the little voice in your head that's going to keep you from crashing Love that. Mm -hmm. 100%. Damn, yo. Yeah. I'm, I'm yeah. so glad we're having this a week later. <laughs> <laughs> Always the right timing. No kidding. <laughs> Bizarro. You look like you're going to cry. A little. <laughs> I've shed a single tear so far. Aww. It's fine. It's fine. It's great. <laughs> we can hug it out later. Always yeah. welcome. We'll hug it out across the ocean. Yeah, yeah. totally. So, guys, yeah. let me ask you. What is shamanism? Like it sounds kind of crazy. Let's it's let's talk witchy stuff. It's definitely a um, <laughs> a buzzword of late. Mm -hmm. So shamanism originally means just the medicine or healer person of one specific indigenous group in this world. Yeah, from Siberia. Um, that's where that word originates, and I believe the tribe Shaman. is the, the Tungus tribe. Um, but since that time when we, we came to understand what that word meant, it's become this global phenomenon where we really see these these tenets being cross-cultural. So there are shamanic, quote-unquote, traditions from the Celts, from the Saxons, from the Norse, Druids. from the Druids, from um, the South America, Central America, mm -hmm. North America. You know, pretty much everywhere you look, it's considered to be humanity's oldest spiritual path. And what it encompasses is essentially um, the ability to see beyond the ordinary, to bring back information to everyday life, to facilitate healing, growth, positive change. That's really what it boils down to. You know, the techniques to access that beyond the ordinary vary from culture to culture. There's drumming to reach trance states. There's entheogenic medicines. Um, dancing, simply meditation, all different kinds of um, tools, so to speak, to access the shamanic reality. But the common denominator is that you bring something back from there in order to facilitate positive change here. And um, there's also a, a real common belief of the soul and spirit in all things. So you're not looking at the earth as a commodity or as a resource. You're looking at it as a being as something wiser and older than you. So shamanism also has a lot of respect built into it where you can kind of go into this ego trip of like, I'm the shaman and I'm the one who has access to these magical things. But really, we all have that access. And the shaman is simply a conduit, hopefully, to empower you to find your own direct line. Um, shamanism is really about direct revelation. So it's not like a religion where it's you need to believe in this thing because we're supposed to believe in this thing. You believe in it because you've experienced it yourself. And so you develop your own set of beliefs and your own relationship with spirit. So it's very personal. Um, and so when people start talking about the idea of like a plastic shaman, somebody who maybe goes to a f music festival, has an awakening with LSD, and then suddenly is like, I'm a healer, and I can do this and that. That's why it rubs people the wrong way, um, because there's, there's that respect that's kind of missing. There's that piece of, 
I'm humble and I'm part of something that's so much greater than me that I could never, ever, ever grasp fully. Um, that element's missing from those people. And so it takes time to develop the humility and getting knocked on your ass by shamanic experiences. These medicines that we work with personally and that many work with around the world are no joke, even though some of them are taken quite recreationally at this point. Um, if I was to do that, for example, if I was to go to a, a festival and take mushrooms, I bet you <laughs> they would kick my ass completely because that's not the relationship we have and it would be disrespectful. So um, we don't take the word lightly at all when we talk about being shamanic healers. And I think that's important for listeners to understand that we're not just like fly by night people who put on this outfit and go, oh, we have magical powers now. No, we don't have magical powers there are magical powers that can come through us when we're properly aligned, but that's us up to us. And that alignment piece is the everyday human shit. That's like, how are you taking care of your space? How are you taking care of your relationship? Uh, how honest are you being with yourself and others? Where are places you're hiding from yourself? So the work that we did in our early 30s to break apart our life, that was shamanic work in essence, because we have to keep doing that over and over again. So we've gotten practiced at like tearing things apart and looking at the underlying stories and uh, it's frankly exhausting sometimes but it's the truth so we wouldn't have it any other way excellent description <laughs> thanks babe mm -hmm. that was yeah. awesome <laughs> heck yeah <laughs> yeah it's that's it's, that's super cool it's not an so easy obviously path Sorry, go ahead. I said it's not an easy path. It's just, you know, I think people get excited about it because there's lots of cool factors to it, working with plant medicines and learning about herbs and using these tools. And, um, you know, it can look really sexy and it looks great on Instagram, you know, but um, what's the ethos behind the practices? That part's really hard sometimes. And the real, the part that I love the most about it is that it's honoring that earth connection, mm -hmm. which has been so ruptured and disrupted by mm -hmm. current imperialism, empire building, colonialism, whatever yeah. ism you want to put on that. It just has divorced us from what feeds us daily. We, it, literally. It, we're, we're literally so schizophrenic or just disembodied that we're like, I'm going to eat this food. Where'd this food come from? The supermarket. You're like, no, 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 no. <laughs> it came from water and air and soil or minerals at the very least. And what's the spirit of that place? And how's that being respected? Or how's the food being cultivated? And how are those farmers being appreciated? And, you know, that's there's like, that's it's, a shamanic life right there. And so it's that robotic treatment. And we kind of, I think we even talked about that in our last conversation on our podcast with you guys, um, y'all. Sorry, I'm also trying to change my language around addressing people. <laughs> trying not to be a colonizer in as many ways as I can. It's <laughs> quite all right. <laughs> it's, it, like, like I said, it's constant work, too, um, with all this mm -hmm. stuff. Because what we're trying to do is create less harm and do more good mm -hmm. is what I got into permaculture in the first place. I was, I was going, there's this study of holistic land management. And just from, from that aspect, it was just permanent agriculture. Great gardening. Gardening's fun. And it's been around for 40 years. And I'm only just now hearing that we could be building soil and creating perennial food systems and retaining water and reducing soil loss and erosion. And, like, and then I read books that our own government has produced about soil loss following the Great Depression that says all the things that permaculture is then rediscovering because the other stuff got lost in ag overdevelopment and fertilizers and everything. Yeah. So it's just this re recycling cycle that we all are going on. And so in this earth awakening and earth reconnection, it's really just honoring that this is our home, our one and only finite home. Unless Elon Musk is successful at getting us to Mars, right? But hopefully if we do but that, we've the, developed some skills to create a more sustainable existence yeah. and not just escaping our problems. And we're just bringing mm -hmm. life from this one home to that place. Right. And it yeah. might work in time, but yeah, it's again, just we look outwards so much. And part of the reason we do this medicine work too is not to enjoy a trip or just see fancy colors, which a lot of clients, when we go down to South America, will be like, oh, I can't wait to see the 
the carnival or whatever the fancy colors are. It's like, yeah, those are great and all, but... They're a gateway. It's a gateway, and you, we really want to get that connection back for you to all that is, because when you die, you go back to it. You really do. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You don't take it with you. You just take your experiences with you. Those go away, too. To some degree. I mean, soul journeying and some people who are able to actually communicate with souls have said that our souls remember certain things, too. Yeah. So. But the human, mm-hmm. not as much. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, our human mind, not as much. No. No, it's very fascinating. I've never heard shamanism explained in such a... Um, what's like all-encompassing kind of holistic outlook yeah and I I love how you know you talk about you know the earth connection and how we're so connected and how it feeds us and then talking about the plant medicine how it's like you know connecting into that source energy to get tips or, or clues on like what you might need to bring to this life to help you in your challenges in day to day here because I think a lot of people when they think about um, like plant medicine they don't view it quite from that perspective yeah I think some people do obviously but yeah a lot of people think of it as yeah just recreational when you go to like Burning Man or something yeah yeah it can be you know and I think maybe that's a side of it that's um, that's fine in some aspects but for us at least you know we have these these tools to be used and it's almost like you have a hammer you can use it to like break shit up and have fun and be like yeah or you can use it to build a house to construct something Mm -hmm. you know it's the same tool and either side is like you know i can see either side but really what i want to do is build a house with that tool and so Mm -hmm. that's that's how i approach plant medicine work and that's a huge part just that construction deconstruction when i was in the amazon and having to cut jungle back so I could then plant and bring in a constructive force of food that would supply that community I was I was dancing with that destroy 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 this is kind of fun machete destroy destroy okay now it's time to bring back the caretaker plant clean mulch weed Mm -hmm. water feed nourish protect Mm -hmm. um we we have to do both sides of it too and yeah I, I think you know, Michael Pollan, this is amazing. I love the synchronicities of everything coming together. Michael Pollan has a new book coming out about entheogens. They're also called mm-hmm. entheogens when they're like psilocybin, San Pedro, ayahuasca, um, any type of chemical from the plant that you're using, the plant for the medicine. Um, he has a book coming out talking about this. So it's it's gaining mainstream. And so it's being used to treat PTSD. It's using used for depression, for lots of societal ills that Prozac and whatever other pharmaceuticals aren't really treating, they're treating symptoms. And what shamanism and any kind of holistic healing modality is aimed to do is to look at the cause. And a lot of the times the cause is a disequilibrium of our emotional state and commitments or devotions that have gone awry. Or traumas that have happened. Or traumas that have happened Mm -hmm. as well. And it's really looking back at what that is a book I read a long time ago in Seattle was about an indigenous healer and a hunter who had this crazy back pain that just wouldn't go away. It was chronic for years. He finally came to this indigenous elder in the Washington area and he said, I need, I need help. I've tried everything. Nothing's going away. He was like, all right, all right, let's, let's do some shamanic work basically from my lineage and tradition. So he goes to his house. He sees all the trophies. He talks to him about his history. And he just goes, oh, you just haven't been in right relation with all the animals you've killed. You've literally just been killing them without asking for their spirit to give themselves to you and doing the offerings and blessings and thanks and gratitude. You need to do X, Y, and Z. Gave him a plan of how to recompense the destruction that he had done. And sure enough, the guy's back pain goes away. And that wasn't a chemical. He didn't have to use plant medicine. It was literally a resetting and a realignment of that earth connection and spirit connection. Yeah. Yeah, I would say all of our woes could stem from that. They stem from a disconnection from ourselves and our planet. And Mm -hmm. that doesn't mean that if we reconnect that we're always going to then be vibrant Mm -hmm. and 
perfect and have like everything line up in our lives because we are designed to have a human experience and the human experience is about butting up against walls and learning from that so that we can grow. Like that's what our soul incarnates for, I believe. Our soul incarnates to have this rough and tumble wild earth school experience in our human bodies, which are fallible, prone to disease, prone to emotional disruption, prone to trauma, prone to confusion, because that's our learning ground. If we're up in the spirit realm all the time, it's like there's no walls. Like we're spirit. Spirit doesn't have walls, right? Like spirit can go through a wall like no pro- nobody's business. It's the human who's like butting up against it. That teaches us something. So, mm-hmm. you know, even when we get into right relationship, it's like the the tide line on an ocean. We're always going to be dancing in and out of that right relationship by design as an evolutionary process. So also mm-hmm. don't judge yourself if you've like done the work and you've made progress and then all of a sudden you're like, I thought I already worked on this thing and now it's coming up again. Oh, my God. It's like, that's totally okay. You're designed to spiral through these lessons. And each time you come at it, you're coming at it from a different perspective because you've grown. So you're not going backwards. You're going forward and around through. Um, Mm -hmm. And that's kind of our, our evolutionary journey. So no judgment on moments when you're a fully fallible human and have made mistakes or having difficulties. Like, that's just part of it. Mm hmm. Mm hmm. Totally. And so what would you suggest for somebody who is starting to realize that maybe they're out of alignment, but they don't know how to get back into alignment? It's a really good question. Uh, the first how do you know what you don't know? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, first is like, how know. do you know that you're not in alignment? You know, that's like the, the first question. That really comes down to, are you feeling discontented? Are you feeling anxious? Are you feeling depressed? Are you feeling hopeless? Are you feeling a crisis of confidence? Are you feeling out of place in your career? Do you hate getting up on Monday mornings? Do you not want to have sex with your partner? Um, These kinds of questions are really indicators that something's misaligned. If you're having those experiences, I speak to a lot of those from my own experience, but they show up differently for everyone. It's just that like, disconnect somewhere in your life like I don't want to be watching TV every night I don't want to be like why do I keep doing this why do I keep reaching for that extra slice of cake when I know I don't need it I don't even want it and yet I can't stop myself I literally can't stop myself that's an indication of a misalignment from there you start making hard choices you know really is what it comes down to so you make a hard choice to ask for support Maybe you get some support from a mentor or a therapist or a coach or a healer. Maybe you start to talk to your partner about things that are not feeling good. Maybe you start to journal a little bit about what it is that's not feeling right and what you might want to do about it. Maybe you say no once. Maybe you say no to something you actually want to say no to. Um, Those yeses and nos are a really good starting point, actually. It's a good point. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Because a lot of – and, you know, it's not always – gonna be a yes and it's not always gonna be a no but when Lola, it is clear Lola has been a people pleaser throughout her upbringing and also quite like you know safe and embodying that feminine of I really appreciate life I'm gonna make sure life sticks around <laughs> <laughs> so when I when I meet her at 30 after having a full re-embodiment and actually it was like my, my first embodiment as a masculine entity um I was, I was like, I ain't taking shit from nothing. Like, this is who you get. This is Tigre. This is, I have a beard right now. I'm going to be back in Peru. I'm broke. I don't care. This is my path. <laughs> but I'm also a nice person. I like to have fun. And I literally <laughs> just kept putting that out there. And we met online. And when we got together, we spent about 27 days nonstop trying to find as much time together before I left to Peru again indefinitely. And a lot of that was out exploring the beautiful San Diego County that we have and mm-hmm. there's outdoors. And so we were walking, I remember one day next to this canyon and it was really beautiful. It was all roaded and I'm just ab- appreciating the water cycles through my uh, holistic training and I'm like, oh, okay, I could see how that could be maybe improved if we wanted to invest time in that. And I'm like, hey, turn around and I see Lola sitting down crouched going, 
come over. Like she was now, now a distance away from me. I didn't realize she had gotten so far away. And I realized that she was really actually apprehensive and scared of being at, at the edge of this scree field. Scree field that was really slippery. And I'm standing next to the edge. I'm like, this is really He's awesome. Like, I'm like, I wonder about the water catchment. I'm like, I wonder about dying. Like, <laughs> but what, it, what that brought to light was that everything I was saying, I was like, hey, you wanted to do this? She'd say yes. Mm-hmm. Hey, do you want to go here? Yes. I'm like, damn, this, this woman is just saying yes to everything. This is yeah. so, wow, brazen. Way to go, ovaries. And she later <laughs> conf- confided that. That it was sure. scary. You know, it was scary for me to say yes. But the things he was asking me to do were things that I wanted to be the type of person to say yes to. Because I had been the type of person previously to say yes to the things that were not enlivening for me because it was like easier or because it was what I think I should be doing or because it would make people happy. And I wasn't saying the yes to him to make him happy. I was saying yes to him as a way of saying yes to myself, which was really, really different. So I would say yes to being scared. I said yes to like sitting on the edge of this scree field going, I don't want to go any further. And also, I'm going to say, I don't want to go any further. I'm not going to keep going just to make him think I'm somebody I'm not. I'm going to be scared in this moment. <laughs> um, and it was it was very freeing for me. And so for people who are listening, there are like yeses that want to happen inside of you that you've said, mm, not yet, or Ooh, it's not the right time for that, or I can't do that. I'm not allowed to have that. That's a good one. Um, and if you just start to like give that yes a chance things will really start to change uh, when people ask like how did you do this I really could say that that's what it boils down to is I followed the intuitive yes wherever it led me even if it made no sense at all even if it scared the shit out of me um, and of course to do that you have to hear your intuition in the first place right but I could do that and so I could feel where I needed to go and I, instead of just being scared and being like no 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 I, I can't do that it's not safe it's like I need to make a shirt that says, I say yes, because that's what I'm doing now. <laughs> Saying yes to life. <laughs> mm-hmm. It's like the Jim Carrey movie. Yeah. Was it Jim Carrey? Which? Yes, man. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Movie. yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. He said yes to everything. Yeah. That's yeah. awesome. Yeah. <laughs> that's awesome. <laughs> but uh, but I do detriment. agree with you guys. Like the, it, There has to be a, a bit of a balance, because I, I was a big people pleaser for a good portion of my life as well. And like that, that was unhealthy. Because I got myself into a lot of situations that I didn't want to be. And then it just creates and fosters all this negative crap that comes up later. Yeah. So Mm -hmm. you have to be able to say no if it's truly a no. Yeah. Yeah. But otherwise, yeah, take grab life by the horns, right? Yeah. And Mm -hmm. and that's my my own medicine is being able to say no. Because I, there's a triad of perpetrator, victim, and rescuer. And when we get locked into any of those, we're disempowering ourselves and the other people we're locked in those relationships with in a lot of ways. You know, it's not to say that you can't come to someone's aid, but to wrap your... Support is different than rescue. Yeah, to wrap your identity around it and and hold that as being the only thing or that you have to be the one, it then Mm -hmm. puts you in situations where you can then, like you said, disempower yourself, disempower those around you. And that's been a huge me saying no especially when financials creep up and that's the fine line I'm like well if I don't say no then I don't get that but then you have that energetic that's wrapped into it where you're like I'm only half in and so then it is only half baked right mm-hmm. so mm-hmm. that's yeah. the fine line where then really tapping into well then what is going to make you come alive and then do that and do it as fully as you can Um, I think we all like to leave back doors open because it's really scary to go fully into something, whatever that is, whether it's a career or relationship or whatever, because really that thing is full of mystery. Like we don't know where the end of that thing is going to end up. And so we're like, well, just in case that thing goes south, I'm going to also kind of like have my left pinky toe over here in this (laughs) little bucket just to keep me safe. And and doing that, while it seems logical, like, oh, I need to have my pinky toe over here just in case, like, and really quickly leap over that direction when this thing crashes, well, we don't remember that that thing might crash because our pinky toe's over there and not fully in to this thing over here. 
Um, Mm -hmm. So that doesn't mean that you can only do one thing and do it 100%. It just means that whatever you're saying yes to in that moment, say yes to it with your full heart if you're going to say yes. Otherwise, say no or wait, right? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. That's so true. Yeah. Totally true. (laughs) Yeah. It's, It's funny. So it... You know, uh, I think over the last like few weeks, I've just been kind of questioning everything, like like I told you guys earlier, and um, you know, because I, I feel like s- there are some foundational things that kind of got got sh- shaken or whatever. But yeah. um, you know, just just after this conversation, I think like one of the questions that was on the table that Holly's been asking me quite a bit about <coughs> the last few days is like whether or not I'm going to continue on in the spirit ninja thing, um, and I think. I think I'm going to stick, stick <laughs> through. Uh, Yay. I'm going to keep on keeping on, people. That's awesome. Yay. Yeah. Yeah. It's, yeah, I, it's such a It's such a journey, th- this whole thing, life. It's well, so wild. And especially, you know, I know that for your work that you guys have transitioned fairly recently. So there's so much. Mm. It's, it's one of those things where you're in the, the first five years of anything, seven years. It's gnarly. It's gnarly. There's mm-hmm. tons of come to Jesus, come to Muhammad, whoever you want to come to. Um, <laughs> moments that come to Buddha, come to Buddha, <laughs> are gonna really challenge you, and and that's where we've been talking a lot about this because we've been teaching more and more of our relationship and sharing it in workshops. Um, we actually Ooh. are teaching one tomorrow at a sex toy shop, A Touch of Romance. Wow. Which, oh, sorry, nice. that, that will already be passed by the time this airs, but yeah. that's cool. And we we really just trying to use language is a great tool for it. And we've been talking a lot about devotion versus commitment to something. And that kind of goes in with Lola, what Lola was saying with your four toes in, one toe out type of modality. And, you know, looking to those who we're partnered with, like you with Holly, for when they are up and you are down to know that that re- role will reverse and then mm-hmm. to to know that it's an evolution and, and that spiral we don't go on linear journeys we are back and forth and back and forth and doing all these mm-hmm. beautiful patterns that nature has all around us yeah mm-hmm. and softening into that experiences and oftentimes we need help in that process too you know like I had a moment this weekend where we were holding this very, very powerful healing ceremony for a group of people, and I am usually the primary space holder, and Tigre is sitting with me and helping to facilitate. And at the end of that active ceremony piece, we all you know, go our separate ways, and then everybody goes to bed. It's like a grown-up slumber party in some ways. And then we go to back to our room, and I then got the healing I had asked for, which made meant a very difficult few hours of spiraling through fear and seeing all the ways that I've been blocking myself and the medicine work, you know, it happened for me. And I was doing my best to do it on my own because I know what to do in this space and I have the tools, and but, but my tools weren't working because it was still me like trying to control my experience. It was still me not doing what I needed to do, which was at that moment ask for support, which I didn't want to do because Tigre was passed out and exhausted. But I finally, you know, just said, I need your help. You know, like, I, this, this isn't working. Whatever it is that I'm trying is just spiraling me in deeper, and that's not productive. And it took him about two minutes, you know, two minutes of, I'm going to ask you some questions. I answered them honestly, and as I answered them honestly, all that energy and fear started to shake out of my body, and then I could go to sleep, which was what all of us wanted, <laughs> right? Amazing. Like, pardon me. All of us wanted that. And so sometimes we just need to reach out and get a little bit of help when we're spiraling, spiraling, spinning, spinning, because that will that'll end up popping us out of it in a way that we can't really do on our own, even when we know what to do. You know, like so many people are like, yeah. well, I'm a coach or I'm a healer. Or I'm a guide. I know what to do. I know what this is. Yeah, and that's why we exist for other people. Like, <laughs> we all need help. Yeah, yeah totally. Our, our egos like to take over at those times, too. Of course. Because, you know, when you're going through those moments, those are the moments that challenge your ego. And so then you're like, no, I can do this on my own. <laughs> I got this. <laughs> I got this. I got this. But, yeah, it's I like, like that. Mm. It's so important for all of us, like yeah. myself included, to, you know, it's a great reminder to always 
ask for help and, and know that none of us are alone in this. No. You know? mm-hmm. no We're it's, all here together. And, and it's humbling, too. And a huge part mm-hmm. that has helped, and I'm still very much learning it because I don't have a very strong astrological background, but the phase that the moon is in, it varies because, you know, people take astrology and I had the same viewpoint of like, oh, it's your sun sign. That was it. Well, there's moon, there's rising, where are the other planets? It's actually quite complex. And as you start diving into it, you're like, whoa, whoa, the stuff's It's stuff's as intense. complex as the human it represents. Yeah. And <laughs> what we've noticed at times is that, all right, where is the moon at right now? And we just went through yesterday, the new moon. So, which was, you know, May 15th. So starting to track where it is for you and kind of looking also at what sign it's in too, just, just for notes and just so you can look back over a period of time and say, all right, well, where's the pattern? Where is that? And then you can do that for your partner too. And it might mm-hmm. oscillate, might flip, but it at least gives you a little bit more of that, oh, okay, I'm not just crazy or depressed or a failure or whatever our ego loves to just boom, boom, punch us with. Yeah, it's new moon. And oh, I felt just like this last month. And so it's helpful. Maybe there's something there. Yeah, and then Mm -hmm. you just be like, oh, okay. I'm not broken. (laughs) I'm not a failure. Knowledge is power. And so I I like looking at that because it it helps reset me too. And it gets me to get outside of my my me, 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 me bubble too. Like, oh, Mm -hmm. that's right. That's right. There's other things at play here. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That, that's a good thing to consider, actually, because, you know, my little science minds like, no, that there's no there's no basis in that. But then again, actually, I remember there was uh, there is actually quite a few studies out there that uh, that talk about um, like the position of the moon and astrology and how it affects human beings. Yeah. And um, so there is actually some science around that. So I, I remember that actually reading that. I've never really followed along with like moon cycles or anything mm-hmm. like that, but yeah. maybe I should. It, yeah. I, like I just I just bought an astrology book. Oh hey, so. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it, the knowledge is power because it helps you feel like, you know, it's not my fault that he's down. If it's new moon and I, he's down every single new moon, I then don't have to take that personally or take it on to fix him, knowing that it's just part of his natural cycle. And if I can then just be supportive and understanding and compassionate while also not diving into it with him because I'm my, my new moon. I'm like high as a kite, right? So like it helps you honor your own cycle and your partner's cycle or your friend's cycles because you know where they're at. And so that's what I mean by knowledge is power. It gives mm-hmm. you this tool set so that you're then not taking things on, not taking it personally, not making it about you because we love to do that and uh, just as empowerment. Yeah, and it's helped us in our relationship, too. Yeah. Because, you know, coming back from other lives that we thought we were going to be living and having two children and living in a very expensive county, being self-employed, it gets a bit stressful, stressful at times. So, <laughs> yep. <laughs> and, 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 it, and like Lola said, it's so easy to be like, oh, I, it's me. I, I'm the one who did something, and I'm causing this. And meanwhile, that person's going all in their their own space yeah and it's been a a great tool for us Mm -hmm. how cool yeah so is it interesting because you guys are in like the same position as us being in a relationship in a marriage as well as working in this business because in this type of business too because for me like this is something I'm so passionate about and something that I deeply feel called to share with the world and what I want to share is different than what Bart wants to share because we're we're different right and so like navigating as a couple honoring each other's path and voice and and place in the process as well as coming together in like a union as a couple but as well as a union as business like it's 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 a lot to actually kind of juggle at times like yeah. have you guys experienced that as well of course and how not. do you no. how do you manage no. that piece of cake not at all. It's I mean, you don't know what like i'm talking that. about so right <laughs> no um yeah of course we have struggles like that i think in the business aspect what really helps is having a focus like a specific focus we've got a helicopter behind us hopefully yeah. it's not too loud but having that focus 
provides the filter so that you know that what you're talking about, whether it's coming from him or from me, fits with the brand mission and with the vision for the business versus just like my ego wants to talk about this right now or, you know, I want to like I want to toss in this little like red herring, which could kind of derail (laughs) a business, you know, like if your business doesn't have a focused direction, then people get confused about what you're doing. We've run into this, you know, because we have so many passions. Firsthand. Mm -hmm. Firsthand experience here. um, That having that helps to balance out some of the different interests that we have. Because if it's framed Mm -hmm. then under the focus of the business, then it fits. And then it belongs. And it, like, makes sense to our clients, makes sense to ourselves, gives us a place to have an outlet for it. So that helps a lot, like having the, the brand direction and the vision and like the values of the business kind of steering the ship, that piece then kind of becomes less of an issue. And that kind of goes along with the values of the relationship too. Mm-hmm. Um, it's cliche, but communication is <laughs> for, for damn sure. Um, Sex. Yeah. But if, if you're not envisioning what the potential five years or next journey you're you're on in that business or that relationship any relationship then when it comes time to have to put something up against that vision and say does it fit the vision does it support the vision you don't know because you don't have it to be that litmus test to say now that that's wrong color that doesn't match the pattern that we've we've outlined and envisioned now things are going to evolve things will be fast forward they might take longer but it's just it's it help, it's helped us in so many ways to at least sit down and soul storm together and say, all right, what do we want our future home to look like? What do we want us to look like? Yeah. Where is it going to mm-hmm. be? And we, we ourselves, for our relationship, I think, need to also just revisit that aspect because we did that when we got together because we were planning our future. And lo and behold, things showed up a lot faster than we thought than we they thought they would mm-hmm. and they came in and they really did so it helps a lot with that because then when you do get up to a point of someone saying in either partnership like hey let's do this this is my new shiny object or passion or whatever then you can be like awesome i really want to support your enthusiasm for this and like your let's heart because sure. I, I honor you yeah. how does it fit how does it jive mm-hmm. with everything that we're doing yeah. Yeah. I mm-hmm. like how you bring it back to the relationship too, because mm-hmm. all these things you can apply from business to relationships, especially Absolutely. in the communication and like the vision sense. Right. Yeah. Yeah. 100%. Mm-hmm. And, and mm-hmm. if you don't keep the relationship side primary in, in some ways, then you might have a business together, but is your relationship now like a business relationship? Are you each other's manager? Are you, <laughs> Am I your secretary? You know, like sometimes you have to, but like that can also be really fun, right? <laughs> but um, like it needs to then become like part of that fun versus being resentful and being locked into these like businessy roles with each other when you're also making dinner, being parents, trying to have sex regularly. You know, like all those things have to be primary. And we we tell our kids that too, like. Mommy and daddy have to come first. Our unit has to come first in this family or there's no structure for the family to operate on. And so if the kids come first, we don't have that solidity. So it's all it's always like back to the relationship for us, business, home, everything. Because without that, like what do we really have? What are we doing here? Yeah. What's up? Sibling. <laughs> and it's also a reminder <laughs> yeah. when things We've both go been south. In sibling relationships before. Yes. You know? It's not fun. <laughs> But, like, when things get rough and and somebody's got big questions or the business is not working the way you want it to or the mortgage is due and you're not sure how you're going to pay it, if the relationship's your primary focus, you can go, well, at least we got that. You know, we got the Mm -hmm. one thing that so many people in this world crave to find. And if we can remember that amidst all this stress and all this chaos and cultivate it and nourish it and appreciate it and acknowledge it and feed it, then all this other stuff is going to be what it's going to be. And maybe it'll work, maybe it won't work, but Can't we got each other, you. and at least we did it together. You know, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. that's so great. true. <laughs> it Damn, is so you guys true. are good. It is so true. Oh my gosh! <laughs> <laughs> and so you. you were mentioning before that you have some courses on yes. your website. So if people are really 
resonating with your messaging, they can connect with you on your website, which is wildplayground.com. Mm-hmm. And we'll we'll put the link below and everything so people can easily click on there. And okay. so did you want to quickly tell us about your courses? Yes. They sure. sound really exciting. So, so I think we should To share. get a taste, people can come to our Start Here page for a free mini magical course on letting shit go so you can rise up in your life. So that uses the four elements, fire, earth, air, and water to help people really let go of the things that are holding them back and start to step into a new vision for themselves. And if you like that experience, then you get much more of that in our classes like Amplify Intuition and Amplify Intimacy. And those are two things we talk about a lot because intuition is what's got, what got us here and intimacy is what keeps us here. So we share rituals and play practices and all kinds of fun herbal magic and things that, that amplify those two areas of our lives because they're the foundation for what we're doing. And get you more connected to the earth and the place that we call home. And we also lead retreats. <coughs> I had to do that. Sorry. <laughs> and, we, and we also lead retreats to South America. Uh, we were going to do one this August, but the spirits are just kind of saying no. So saying 2019. it'll probably be 2019 for that journey. We really look forward yeah. to it. We've done it twice with groups and it's, it's wonderful. It's definitely our second home, hmm. home down there. And we like to do workshops and retreats around the U.S. too. So yeah. check it out. Yeah, come play with us. See what's going on in our happenings. And um, we make it real accessible to get started because once you get started, we're kind of addicting, we find. So we want to make it easy for you to come and play with us and, and receive some of those immediate benefits and then then continue on down with us on these journeys. Yeah, because our mission Super is cool. to really help you human well and embody what it is to have a amplified soul in life. And mm-hmm. if you're acting from that place, you're another, to use a cliche term, higher vibe person in that space that you can impact the people around you. And that's really all we can do is impact our local, the people we touch. And thank Mm -hmm. goodness to the internet that you and us and all the people doing great work, we get to touch people in this form. And then we get to also combine that physical in the retreats and workshops. I'm like, hold on. Okay. <laughs> we can cut it out. Don't worry. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. Oh, that's so wonderful. I love what you guys are offering. I think I might sign up for your, the, the what is it? Rise and release? Oh, re- re- yeah, rele- totally. uh, yeah, release and rise. Mm-hmm. Release yeah. and rise. I it's saw that because you know it's it sounds I'm like really, really called to it because the the whole elements in there. Yeah, I think it's, it's been cool. really fun, and we've also been because you know we started in South American shamanism is where we really got called forth into this work, and it's not our heritage. Our heritage is Norse and Druid and Celtic, kind of that Germanic area. So we've been really finding ways to reconnect with that. So mm-hmm. in our mentorship circle, which we also run. We are using the runes, the runes, the runes as our energy readings for the week to help guide, and we use the four elements um, yeah. in that teaching practice for those people. That's for pretty, mm-hmm. that yeah. Some of these cool. universal elements of shamanic work now are, are starting to take on a little bit more of a an ancestral feel from our lineages, which is really exciting. I love that. You know, runes were the first thing that I bought. I love I them. Was, I know. It's really odd because I don't have them anymore, but I actually have two of them tattooed on me. Oh, hey. Like, I have strength and illumination. Cool. Tattooed on me. Um, but it's funny how that was kind of the first thing mm-hmm. that, that came up for me. And, um, yeah, like, I never really did much with them because I didn't really, I just didn't know what to do with them yeah. at the time that they kind of came into my life. But... Maybe now that we're talking about it, I might, Ooh. Well, I same might do with, some more exploring. Yeah. <laughs> same with us. We, we we had them for years. We were given to us by a friend, a close client and friend. And sure enough, now we're like, what are we going to use for this mentorship circle? We were using um, medicine cards. cards and oracle cards, yeah. two different decks, which were beautiful. And they, they did great work. Yeah. But I just said, let's do the runes. Let's, let's, let's dust them off. Let's actually like connect with this. And that along with the cultural appropriation and which has been going on forever but an awareness has finally come back into our realm of where where can we be in right relation to the people that we are calling from their cultures where can we reconnect with our yeah. indigenous knowledge mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. 
super wow, cool. That is very cool. Well, thank you so much, <laughs> thank both you of for you, having you, for thanks for this having amazing us. conversation. I feel like it was so juicy. Yeah, I, I loved everything, <laughs> everything about it. You guys are the best. <laughs> thanks, brother. We want to come it. visit. Yeah. Yes, please do. No, we, we would love to visit Europe, too, so please yeah. don't move yeah. just yet. Yeah. 100%. <laughs> Invites on the table anytime, yeah. guys. Let's Excellent make it happen. Day. Very cool. <laughs> We're down. Well, have a wonderful rest of your evening. Cross yeah. Yes, thank likewise. You. Likewise. And to all of our listeners, thank you so much mm-hmm. for being here with us as well. Um, make sure to, to check out all the show notes just below the, uh, the episode here. You'll have the link. You can find Lola and Tigra and everything that they're doing. Mm-hmm. And if you haven't done so already, please make sure to subscribe. And that's it. That's it. That's all I got. Thanks, everyone. <laughs> Thank you for listening to the Spirit Ninja's Spiritualist Podcast. Make sure to tune in next time for more deep conversations to uplift inspire and blow your mind spiritual